breakup. Exactly. Okay, there you go. So this is... Um, oh, we should just play, play Jingle Bells or something. Just some, I don't know. I'll probably edit something festive <laughs> okay, in. Because this is, what, Christmas episode part two? Part two. Part two. I'm so excited that we're doing a Christmas special. I'm excited, too. Or Yule, if you're... And we're recording this on Thanksgiving. Yep, true. So we just ate our Thanksgiving it's dinner. It's just like the holiday, the holiday special. I'm so yep. excited. When I was putting this episode together last night, mm-hmm. I was just like so ready to like get in the like Christmas spirit. Yeah, we have a lot of people in the house right now, so don't mind any background music. <laughs> yeah, you may hear, um, you may hear doorbells. You may hear people going up and down stairs. You may hear an errant dog or two. Yep. I do have a puppy with me, a guest in the studio. Yep. She's sedated, though, so... <laughs> yeah, true. And we're making it happen just for you guys. Right. Literally. We appreciate it. Um, so, since the last time that we've recorded, because we kind of batched these episodes, mm-hmm. I think last time we recorded, what, eight episodes in one day? Yeah. Um, this one's kind of just like a quick fly-by-night Christmas special recording, but I wanted to share some things with you. You know most of these already. Okay. But I just want to say them on the pod, because we blew through some amazing, like milestones mm-hmm. um already just Ooh. in our first what five episodes being out Yay, so we already have over 150 downloads i think we're sitting at like 160 170 something like that i think That's it was like wild. 166 the last i checked awesome yeah which is so like we're four weeks in right now right yeah i think we have five episodes out because there was a, the, the bonus the, the two drop episode the first week um we have Listeners in foreign countries already. We have a listener in Belgium and a listener in Spain. That blew my mind. Blew my mind. When we said, when you told me Belgium, when you texted me, I was like, what? And in my brain, sometimes you ever think of like countries when you're like, that's not a storybook, right? Like that's an actual place. Oh yeah, like actually. (laughs) Belgium for me is like, Wow. People are living entire lives over there. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's so wild. Yeah. And they must have subscribed or something because, like, I'm a creeper and I, like, watch how many they download and, like, it goes up with every new episode. So That's I think they're awesome. listening, like, actively. Like, I think they like us. Hi, Belgium. We <laughs> yeah. love you guys. Thank you, Belgium. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And then um, I don't have it prepared yet, but I, you know, that I have been putting out certain feelers for certain episodes that I want to do. Um, so I'm not going to say, like, what the story is about, but I did put out feelers for a certain episode when we got our first listener story submission. Oh, yeah. That's right. And Kyle asked me whether um, I wanted to hear it before, and I don't. Yeah. I, he's keeping it secret from me. So I was going to, yeah. I, offered, I did offer to have you read it, but you, you didn't want to. So it'll be a live, a live story presentation. It'll be a choppy episode. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, we just, like you I said. You just put jingle bells in every. <laughs> yeah. We do have a guest in the studio, so please, uh, I apologize if, you, if we hear any whining or anything. Now you hear my husband's motorcycle <laughs> in the background. It's like we can't win today. <laughs> it's fine. It's um, it's soundscaping. Is that what it is? This is ASMR for right the, now. For the sake of, for the sake of my sanity, we're gonna call it soundscaping. Oh my god! And the ring doorbell. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's fine. Oh it's god. fine. Um, Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is our Santa episode. We're gonna be talking about Santa Sinterklaus. Saint Nicholas. Um, yeah, very much, very much him. All right, so we're talking about Santa Claus. All right, so um, I'm just gonna jump right into Go my ahead. little synopsis. I like I told you, I wrote out this entire episode yesterday. And I think you no- noted it's like six pages. We had a lot to talk about today. That's wild. But I wrote it all out, and then I was like, I should probably give a little preface of to like, who yeah. is Santa? Just 
for posterity. I'm assuming most people are going to know who we're mm-hmm. talking about today. but Some cultures might not. Just in case. Um, so Santa Claus, also known as Father Christmas, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nick, Kris Kringle, or simply Santa, is a legendary figure originating in Western Christian culture who is said to bring gifts during the late evening and overnight hours on December 24th, better known as Christmas Eve. He is said to accomplish this with the aid of Christmas elves who make the toys in his North Pole workshop and with the aid of flying reindeer who pull his sleigh through the air. Mm-hmm. Just a little fun. I did I did write this as a little. Can you name all eight reindeer? Dasher, Dancer, Prince, and Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. Good job. Who's the ninth? Rudolph. Rudolph. <laughs> um, you thought I wouldn't get that. But no, I knew. I knew because it's the, the song, right? I, exactly. I could do the whole thing. Right. I mean, right there. when there's a cadence to it, it's a little <laughs> yeah, easier. Um, Vixen Sam, always throws me, though. Like, Vixen, what was going on with Vixen? Or he Sam in alphabetical order. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that whole, like, Donner was actually Donder or something. Because isn't it, like, Thunder and Lightning or something? Like, it's I've Germanic. I've never heard that. Yeah, Donder and Blitzen is, like... Okay, that makes perfect sense. It's thunder and lightning, Actually, I think, in German. I've, oh, that's what I've heard. I love that you are the person that I would call for, like, who wants to be a millionaire. You would be my lifeline person. Oh, this the t- I'm going to blow your mind today with the things I'm going to be bringing up. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been wanting to that talk, makes sense, though. I've been wanting to talk about this for, like, a while. I've had this thought for, a, like, a long time. That's so wild. And then, like, I was listening to... Um, so, in my Black Eyed Kids episode, I gave a lot of shout-outs to the Brothers of the Belief Hole, mm-hmm. that podcast. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. Um, they have an entire episode. I want to say it's a premium episode. Like, it's behind their paywall. Okay. Um, but they... I may use the term because I really like it. It, um, mm-hmm. But they coined the term Santa Lacrum, like mm-hmm. Simulacrum. Okay. And they they did a whole episode kind of like similarly based on like what I'm going to be talking about today, which I, some of my points I did pull from them. Okay. Um, but a lot of them are just me spitballing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little bit of like backstory on Santa. We're going to talk about tulpas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little bit of speculation. Okay. And then we're going to wrap it up with some encounters. Very cool. Some nice eyewitness sightings. Um, side note, you know how you were saying um, uh, it's German words for other things? Yes. So my cousins were born in Germany. Mm-hmm. And when they came over, they couldn't say grandmother and grandfather in English. So we call my grandparents, well... My late grandmother's name is Mir, which Gromir oh. is grandmother, and Grompier, and we call him Grumsy, because Cute. yeah, we're not German. They just happen to be born in Germany. Well, that's like <laughs> I call my uh, on my mom's side my I call my grand my grandma my grandpa Meme and Pepe. Yeah, and which is French, and we're, we're not French. It's just <laughs> what happened. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, all right, so uh, Santa, the modern day Santa Claus that we know is actually based on a real person. I'm sure you, you yep. knew this. Um, Saint Nicholas uh, is who he is based on. Uh, was said to be born around 270 to 280 years after the birth of Christ, and was a bishop in the Roman town of Myra in modern day Turkey. So in the year 303, the Roman Emperor Diocletian commanded all citizens of the Roman Empire to worship him as a god. Mm-hmm. Christians, believing in only one god, resisted the emperor's orders and as a result were either imprisoned or thrown into the Colosseum to be devoured by hungry lions. We all know that story, right? Yipper. So St. Nicholas was among the many imprisoned. He was confined for more than five years until Emperor Constantine came into power in 313 AD and released him. So later in his life, St. Nicholas went on to become the Archbishop of Myra and the guardian of merchants, sailors, and children. It's said that St. Nicholas had stopped storms at sea to save sailors and even brought children back from the dead. 
The Legend really? of St. Nicholas. Yeah, right? I was trying to find, like, okay, where's I'm the actual... Okay, have to look yeah, at Yeah, can that. I find an actual account of, like... That's interesting. I think one of the... So this is... The Legend of St. Nicholas, who died December 6, 343, became very popular in the medieval ages, when Italian soldiers transported his remains from his bur- burial site in Myra to Bari, Italy, a church was built in his name. Soon, Christians would make pilgrimage, pilgrimages from all over the world to learn more about the legend of St. Nicholas. As these tales of St. Nicholas spread throughout the world, his character was adapted, taking on characteristics of different countries. Okay. So, he's very, he's like a legendary figure. So, I can't help but feel like if he just, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, like... Which is interesting. Well, put a well, sick kid in a blanket, and right? Like, they were like, "Oh my god, he brought this kid back from the dead." Well, like, and it's also like, you know, we're gonna talk about just a little bit in my episode though, but like, you know, like my episode is about a bad part of about Christmas, right? And it's like Christians have to do. No offense if you're Christian, but like Christians have to do something to make their a good biblical side, mm-hmm. and it's like. When did St. Nicholas even come around or did you pin it on a story? Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. where it's like you just had to have a good thing. (laughs) Like you had to have this guy who did all these amazing things Mm -hmm. just because. Oh, (laughs) like like, look at what our faith does. Literally. Yeah. 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 No, I. It's wild. I don't disagree with you. Because it's just like St. Nicholas, you know, it. It's great. Cool. But. If it happened, how come you never knew about it until you'll see it in mine? Well, or even in yours. You didn't really hear about it until after. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, I can't help but feel like maybe, and I'm not, I'm not casting any aspersions on St. Sure. Nicholas, but like, I can't, I want to know the reality of but it. But also, and then, it's Jesus's birthday, right? Okay, so. Oh, I'm talking about that. I'm sure you are. <laughs> so it's also, whose is it? Whose day is it? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, gonna, because you brought it up, I'm actually just going to skip down to that point real quick. Um, just because... Okay. So, in the year 340 AD, Pope Julius I fixed the date of Jesus' birthday to the, to the 25th of December, with at least three other dates being used to mark the date prior to this. Sure. March 29th, June 6th, and another date in January. So... Well, on December 6th is St. Nicholas Day. There, that's when it's he died. wild. That's yeah, died. but it's just like... <laughs> so, literally, before we even had this, like... Christmas is Jesus's birthday. There were three other dates floating around where we were like, no, that's Jesus's birthday. So. And if you ask that in a church, I highly advise you never ask things like that in a church. (laughs) You're not going to get the answer you're looking for and you're probably going to be ostracized. (laughs) This is going to be a triggering statement, but I mean, people live in their own realities and I feel like that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. So in uh, 1931, the Coca-Cola company popularized the jolly image of Santa we know today with a Ruddy cheeks, a rotund belly, and bright red suit. My mom's favorite. I want to make note of this part right here because we're going to fall back on this sentence a lot throughout this episode. Uh, Prior to this image change, Santa Claus was depicted as a tall, gaunt, elderly man, Mm. often with silvery hair, a long beard, and dressed in bishop robes or Norse animal skins. Okay. Okay. To me, that makes more sense. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, Nordic, well... Even back then, too, being gaunt would have been extremely affluent, mm-hmm. and that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have pictured that at all. Well, but I'm so glad you said that. Nordic we're gonna, makes perfect sense. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna <laughs> get to sure that. I'm sure you yeah. are. <laughs> um, so yeah, and also just like when you think about like the image of Santa that we know, like yeah, it's like the most that we're familiar with. Sure, it's so clean, right? When mm-hmm. you think about it, like he's so he's so bright, and he looks like he's like. 
so like freshly yeah. showered and full not a hair hippies. out of place. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's it is funny too how you said like the like the like view of abundance has kind of like changed. Like Absolutely. you know what I mean. Back then, you, you if you were like you could afford to be thin. You're so right. And then now it's like no, if you're plump and you got like you you can eat. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But even so, now the rich would be skinny. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild. Just, it's just yeah. yeah. It's weird. Um, so I, that was just a little. No, it's not me. <laughs> it's fine. We'll post. We'll fix it in post. Maybe. So um, that was just a little about Santa, so we can like have something to you know base all of this on. Um, so basically, what we're exploring in this episode is is Santa real? Is Santa a cryptid? I I put Santa solidly in the cryptid category. I would think so, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the things are the similar. Are similar. We're having, like, sightings of him. Sure. He's a legendary legendary status, legendary figure. He flies figure. through the sky. He flies through the sky. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got elves. So I want to talk briefly about the concept of tulpas. Do you know what a tulpa is? Yes. What is a tulpa? It's like a, it's like a Buddhist mystical thing, right? Or like a, like a Tibetan? Nail on the head. Yeah. yeah. They're like the paranormal Tibetan, right? Where it's like not necessarily a bad thing, but it's a mystic. A tulpa itself is, yes, neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so what a tulpa is, it's they were conceptualized in Tibetan Buddhism. Mm-hmm. So you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, originally defined, this is how it's defined in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. It's originally defined as the earthly bodies that a Buddha, one who is spiritually awakened or enlightened, inhabits in order to teach those who have not reached nirvana. So this is somebody who's like ascended to that next realm and then they're able to like step into this earthly realm in like another like a That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and to 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 teach what they've what they've lo- yep. what they've what they've learned. Um so that's how it's defined in the actual Buddhist practice. In more recent history, mostly due to Western influence, a tulpa is defined as an independent physical entity materialized through spiritual practice and intense concentration. Hmm. It's also known as a thought form. Okay. So spiritualist Alexandra David Neal is credited with bringing the ideas of tulpas to the West and stated that she had observed Buddhist tulpa creation practices in 20th century Tibet. She described tulpas as magic formations generated by a powerful concentration of thought. Okay. David Neal believed that a tulpa could develop a mind of its own. Once the tulpa is endowed with enough vitality to be capable of playing the part of a real being, it tends to free itself from its maker's control. According to David Neal, this happens nearly mechanically, just as the child, when her body is completed and able to live apart, leaves its mother's womb. Wow. She claims she created a tulpa in the image of a jolly friar tuck-like monk, which she claimed had later developed independent thought and had to be destroyed. Whoa. David Neal raised the possibility that her experience was illusory. I may have created my own hallucination, though she said others could see the thought forms that she had created. Now, I did a little bit of, like, because that, that that one little sentence, like, really raised my eyebrow with, like, it. That's crazy. It, they had to destroy it? Yeah, like, what, what happened? happened? So I did a little bit of digging. So it said that when a tulpa does not receive enough attention, it will become corrupted, thus becoming an evil entity. And <laughs> I, I kind of think that that, like, actually... It reminds me of, like, um, Doodle Spongebob. <laughs> Doodle Bob. It's very Doodle Bob. It's very that. But when you think That's about wild. it, the mechanics of like what's bringing it into reality is thought, attention, Your brain, yeah. belief. So if it doesn't get enough of that, it like, and 
think about what she said about how like at a certain point it's going to separate itself and become a separate entity and so is that what happened with the monk they were all like you know she creates this like monk and they're all like oh my god so cool and like for a couple days they're all like oh my god you created this monk but then it like you know they just start stop paying attention to it because he's just like another monk in the and then he became evil somehow and then they had to destroy it i couldn't find anything that was actually like here's what happened with this tolba that we had to destroy so is that like you know obviously legend but like stories that you make up to tell your children at night you're creating like a tulpa yeah we're gonna get yeah yeah oh we'll get into that yeah um so there are all, there are entire online communities dedicated to tulpas and their creation oh i wanted to say one more thing i did also um when i was reading about like corrupted tulpas there's okay. also this belief that like the longer a tulpa is in existence the meaner and like nastier and like more like destruction that it wants to cause so if santa's a tulpa right and how long he's been around that's horrifying right Okay, so um, there are entire online communities dedicated to tulpas and their creation. This, I thought, was hilarious. These communities gained a lot of notoriety during the reign of the bronies. Do you know what a brony is? No idea. So bronies are adult male fans of the animated television series My Little Pony. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are, like, fanatic about it. I used to live in, like, Baltimore area, and they used to have the... Brony They used to have a brony con. Brony con, yeah. Um, do you ever watch any video essays? No. Like YouTube video essays? No. Where it's basically just someone like talking about a topic for like anywhere from like two to four hours? I guess so, but I would never, I've never heard it called a video essay. Oh, okay. Um, there's this one, I, I love her channel, Jenny Nicholson. She'll, okay. She'll like, she does like deep dives on a bunch of different things. That's cool. She does a brony deep dive. Okay. And it like, kind of like from the inception of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's worth it. I want to say it's like three hours long, Shut but up. she gives you like a... The Rise and the Fall. I think it's literally called The Rise and the Fall of the Bronies. Like, it's so good. Like, because <laughs> okay. she does, like, an account, like a... Wow. Yeah, she's she does she does a great job. Um, but anyway, so back to topic. Fans obsessed with the animated television series My Little Pony attempted to use meditation and lucid dreaming techniques to create their own imaginary friends. Um, and they would even, like, this community got so big that they were even, like, sharing, like, tips, like, and tips and tricks amongst themselves of, like, how to manifest this, like, My Little Pony character into, Whoa. like, yeah... Whoa. Um, I'm gonna, this is gonna be a nice segue into, I'm not gonna say exactly why they were trying to bring these tulpas into existence, mm. um, but some tulpa practic- practitioners, or tulpamancers as they're called, develop sexual or romantic relationships with their tulpas, though this practice is seen as taboo. O-M-G. Yeah. Um, so some famous examples of tulpas, uh, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Never seen it. You've never seen Fight Club? No, isn't that crazy? I know. I'm, I'm ending I'm a this bad podcast friend. right now. It's fine. All right. Thanks for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> See y'all next year. Um, no. Um, Freddy Krueger. Understood. Tolpa. That makes sense. Pennywise the Clown. Makes perfect sense. Olaf the Snowman from Frozen. Aww. He's a Tolpa. They put so much thought and belief into him that he became real. Real. Oh, I like that. Isn't that yeah, okay. that was a good one. So I had to put I had to put a I had to put a soft and fuzzy one in Thank there. Thank you right? for putting something in for me. <laughs> right? My um, brain so smooth. <laughs> nary a wrinkle. Everything slides right off. Yep. Um okay, so that's a little Baxter though now. Do you kind of see where we're going? I love that. This episode. Alright, so um Alright, so I want to posit the question. As religions change and evolved with people over time, did pagans pagan gods become assimilated into Christian worship. Yes. You think so? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, my first question that I ask is Odin mm-hmm. masquerading as Santa? Ooh. So, I want to talk real quick about the Wild Hunt. Do you know what the Wild Hunt is? Yes. Tell me what the Wild Hunt is. Because well, I, tr- I had trouble trying to, like... So, like, Odin's Wild Hunt, you mean? I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah, I mean, so, like, his wolves and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... He's known as, like, a hunter, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and they would... Uh, I can't remember their names. Odin's wolves have names. Oh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Wasn't um, one of them, like, Fenrir? Yep. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fenrir. Oh, hang on, I'm going to look it up. Because... I only know them because they're Marvel characters. They, they're oh, Marvel characters based off of... that's sad. Well, they're, I, know that, I just know that they're based off of um, Odin's wolves. Um, but yes, I mean... there are So, yes, the Wild Hunt is a folklore motif that is found across various cultures there's a um there's a pagan wild hunt that's gary gary and frakey oh yes god knows if i'm saying that correctly yeah probably not um correct but i mean it's vedic is like would be the language or norse um but and then his ravens he had two ravens as well um huggin and munin work something like that you know (laughs) um so yeah there's actually so there's a pagan wild hunt um led by hecate in their in their folklore legend Mm -hmm. legendary tellings all right so the wild hunt was a chase through the physical and heavenly realms led by a mythological figure often odin in germanic storytelling uh escorted by a ghostly skeletal or otherwise supernatural group of hunters Seeing the wild hunt was thought to forebode some catastrophe, such as war or plague, or at best, the death of the one who witnessed it. Interesting. Particularly in Germanic legends, it is said an older rider on a white horse would appear in the woods during winter, known as the wild rider, the wild huntsman, or the Henkelbarend. Yeah, I mean, sure, we, that's saying, saying it was that like wrong. for like ghosts, right? Like, or restless souls. Like, they were like gathering them up and things like mm-hmm. that. From the heavens, yep. from the from the earthly realms. You got like, it. It was like a world tour. They were like, we're hitting every realm. If you look at, um, if you see my Odin candle in my deity collection, mm-hmm. the hunt of Odin is the background. Oh, cool. It was a painting. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's all over the Wikipedia page when you Wikipedia is Wild it? Hunt. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. beautiful. Um, so, yeah, the, oh, an older white rider would appear in the woods during wintertime, mm-hmm. uh, wearing swirling robes and a floppy brimmed hat, hiding half of his face and his one missing eye. Mm. This is Odin that we're talking about, right? Yep. All right, so I wanted to draw some quick comparisons between Santa Claus and... All right, so, yeah, I'm just going to draw some quick comparisons between Santa, the Santa Claus that we know mm-hmm. and the legend of Odin. Okay. All right, so Santa Claus flies around in December for Christmas to bring gifts to good children. Hmm. Odin flew around in December for Yuletide to head off the wild hunt. He knew who had been good and, and bad and hunted down or abducted those who uh, observed it. Uh, Santa Claus, his eight reindeer pulling his sleigh. Odin has an eight-legged horse, Sleipnir, that pulled mm. his sleigh. Santa Claus is the most visually iconic figure of Christmas, symbolizing giving, joy, and peace. Odin was the most iconic figure of Yuletide, a holiday that celebrated hospitality, feasting, and yep. giving. Yep, yep. Santa Claus has elves who makes toys for children. Odin. Elves originate from Norse mythology and are known as amazing creators. Yeah. Uh, and then Santa Claus, sometimes referred to as Father Christmas, and Odin was referred to as the Yule Father. Yep. So, that was my... Those were my comparisons between... That's pretty cool. Right? That's pretty cool. I thought that was really interesting. That's... The Christian people are quaking, though. 
when you do stuff like that? I yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> I haven't really. Yeah. Okay. So um, my next. So you had talked about when you had said the like gaunt was used to be like associated with like abundance. Yeah. A lot of that comes from the depictions of Saturn. The oh, Roman god okay. of wealth and abundance. That Did makes you know perfect that? sense. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to talk briefly about uh, Saturnalia. Okay. Okay, so my second, the second question, well, I guess the third question that I'm posing, is Saturn masquerading as Santa? Okay. So Saturnalia was a pagan festival dedicated to the god Saturn in ancient Rome, celebrated on around the 25th of December. Saturn was a god of abundance, wealth, renewal, and liberation. He is often depicted as an elderly man, with silvery hair, a long beard, and flowing robes. Wow. Saturnalia was a time for gift giving, holiday cheer, and spreading merriment. Romans would dig deep in order to give during this time. Small gifts to each other, getting dressed up in their fanciest attire, and the wealthiest of Romans might even pay their servants rent for the month. Wow. Yeah. Um, one thing that I One thing that I read said that, like, servitude like okay. all but stopped during this time. like it was like ev- like e- like everybody was just like you know what i mean the same giving, person mary yeah. we're all just like there to celebrate all equals yeah i just like i can't help like how does that how do you go back to like how do you how do december you 26 yeah. you're like well clean my floor yeah, get, <laughs> like, back. get back to work um so i thought that, that was that was really interesting. interesting like i mean we know what happened to the roman empire so very true <laughs> all right so emperor constantine who we talked about like earlier yeah was actually the first to favor Christianity and the idea of one god instead of lots of different pagan gods, as the Romans traditionally believed in. Okay. So with Constantine, Christians were allowed to practice their religion instead of being thrown into that Colosseum to be devoured by lions. Mm. So when Rome's pagan religions were abolished, aspects of the Saturnalia festival were merged into the new holiday of Christmas. <laughs> so this is the part where I j- had to jump ahead earlier. And I said, Pope Julius I fixed the date of Jesus' birthday to December the December 25th. Before that, we had March 29th, we had June 6th, and we had a date in January. Mm-hmm. Um, Get it I'm, together, Bible. Right. I'm not trying to have the Christians come after me, so I didn't put... I, you know what I mean? That's, we're, just, we're mentioning that in passing. We're mentioning Disclaimer. That. <laughs> no thoughts, just facts. Literally. Smooth brain. <laughs> rolls right off (laughs) so we're already so we're already like in like a speculation kind of like mode right now um but i wanted to talk briefly about like the power of belief okay right so i didn't think about i like i knew in researching this episode and the concept that like what i was going to be talking about like you know i mean so much thought behind this idea of santa does that create something for like a mask almost for okay. something to step into okay but i didn't actually think about it this way until and it's funny where this whole thing that i'm about to read came about um this part that i'm about to read is from a fundamentalist christian website on why as a christian you should not be teaching the legend of santa to your children oh. And it's very problematic when viewed from that standpoint, but viewed from the standpoint that I'm coming at... Is it Jesus' birthday? No, not that at all. Oh. Because of the power of belief. Okay, well... People pray to Santa. True. Regardless of the origins of Santa, he has taken on the power of a god. Santa is thought of as being everlasting, meaning he does not die. True. Santa is said to be omnipresent, meaning he can be everywhere at once. He is said to be able to visit every house on earth in a single night. He is portrayed as being omniscient, meaning he knows everything. He knows when children are naughty or nice. 
Children are taught to view him as being omnipotent, meaning he can do anything. And many children believe Santa can grant whatever wish they ask of him. And children, as well as adults, do ask things of him. That's true. And he grants them. They pray to him in the same way people pray to God or other gods. And next to, in this little article that I found, there was a graphic, right? And it depicts a family hugging a soldier returning home near a Christmas tree. And a text bubble above the family reads, Please, Santa, keep them safe and bring them all home. So true. So true. We all see those, right? So when a child makes a request to Santa, is that not a prayer? A child who is taught to believe in Santa will do just that. They will believe in him just as they would a god and have the same hope of Santa fulfilling their wish as an adult praying to their chosen god. All right. So I could see that religious standpoint. I mean, it was all about worshiping false idols where I was like, this is a highly problematic. It was like a very long article. Very long. I mean, I personally don't. Andre and I have talked about this too. I don't. I don't. If I would have a child right now, I would not be doing the Santa thing just because it's like. Well, this also this also went hella in on the which I'm kind of like on Santa being an anagram for Satan. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but I but I really liked how they put that about because that's exactly what it is. Like, how is that an anagram for Satan when that he? Only gives to the people who do good. No, because you move the N and if in Santa to what? the N and you get Satan. And people really just went with that, right? That it's satanic. Well, this is this is a fundamentalist Christian website about why you shouldn't worship people Santa. Are so, wild. but that's a really that's just really like I love that statement. When a child makes a request, or no, where is it? The like when you teach a child to believe in Santa, like they're that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, you know what I mean. You taught like, them. Yeah, it's a cult. And, and, <laughs> Well, like, there's just that pure belief, right? Sure, and you know what? Like, people could see multiple Santas. You could, kids see thousands of Santas, and they think they're all the same ones, or that they work for the main one. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with people? 32, <laughs> 32% of the world's population celebrates Christmas. That's it? That's a third of the earth! Well, I guess so. I I would think, I don't know why. I just think, because it's European, It's mm-hmm. I would think mm-hmm. that it would actually be more. But that's to say a third of the world, to some degree, believes in Santa. That's wild. To some degree. Well, yeah, I believe in Because you're celebrating, you're celebrating Christmas, too. right? <laughs> All right, so could the expectation of so many people, especially children, provide a doorway for something to come through? Think about the, the purity of a child's belief system. I literally put in here in quotation, the monster's ink of it all. True. You know what I mean? You believe anything they'll tell them. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't know any different. They don't know any different. So it's going to be like the purest form of belief, True. right? Isn't that crazy? That is wild. So lastly, I'm just going to go ahead and wrap this up with some um, encounters. Okay. So these are eyewitness sightings. I tried to... St- I was, there are a bunch out there. Literally just type in like creepy Santa encounters. And when I say you can like... there, You will... there. There's no shortage of sightings of Santa. Now, I will say most of them... And I try not to do too many of these. A lot of them are really creepy to read because it like they read as like home intruder um, like stories. I don't like that. You know what I mean? Because it, ultimately it's like I hear something and there's somebody in my house. So I tried to stray away from like ones that could be construed as like because I was reading a lot of them and I was just like, okay, someone opened your bedroom door and you were creeped out, That's and it's horrible. like, yeah, I'm creepy. Like it's creeped out. It's creepy to read, That's but horrible. then like. What makes it you think that it's Santa, though? <laughs> well, because then they would, like, go talk to their parents, and their parents would be like, no, like, that wasn't me, no, oh. and you know what I mean? But a lot of that could be just explained away. I hate to be, like, yeah. but it could be explained away by, like, maybe you had a home intruder. Maybe somebody really Seriously. was in your house that was not supposed to be in your house. So I tried not to do stories like that, okay. just because, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
that's easily explainable. Like, if it can be easily explained with even yeah. something as, like, you know what I mean, out there as, like, there's a home invader. Like, mm-hmm. I, like see, you see where I'm going with this. I do. All right, so this one is, uh, this story is from Jimmy in Scotland in 1978. Not that long ago. An old friend came to see me a couple weeks ago. We lost touch years ago, but he managed to trace me and he brought me a Christmas card. After a few minutes, I asked him if he remembered Christmas Eve about 30 years ago when we were outside at our houses. We grew up next to each other. It must have been around 7.30 p.m. on a clear night when we suddenly heard a bell or bells in the distance getting closer really fast. As we both looked up, there was the reindeer, the sleigh, and Santa flying very fast and low over my house. It was brief, but we both ran to tell our families. Of course, everyone laughed, but I tell you, it was real. So when my friend turned up, I asked if he remembered, and he said of course he did. But he didn't like telling people about it now. You can certainly imagine why. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, it's so outlandish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that I feel like even if I, like, if I plain as day, so I don't think I would tell anybody. Even if I saw the classic, like... Especially this day and age. Yeah, they would think I'm <laughs> fucking nuts. You, or you'd be locked up somewhere, or, yeah. Yeah. And you'd never get over it, and the internet lives forever. Right. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of the internet lives forever, this next one is an anonymous Reddit post. Oh, of course So it I don't is. know where this... So if you know. ever see it, post on Reddit to get out of your system. Literally. <laughs> um, all right, so now these... Uh, this is the actual post. So now these Santa sightings. I'm intrigued because once when I was about five or six, I was convinced I saw Santa flying in the sky. I told my mom, which at the time she played it up, but later as a teen, and I brought it up, and she said it must have been an airplane in the sky, but it definitely wasn't a plane. It didn't move in a straight, steady line like a plane, nor did it have the blinky lights like a plane. I don't know. I still remember watching it through my bedroom window, watching it in the night sky, weaving up and down. It looked exactly like how you'd imagine Santa and his sleigh with reindeer flying through the sky would look. It even went across the moon in a very classic silhouette. You could only see it because of the moonlight. Not close enough to see any detail like colors or anything. It just looked like a sleigh with reindeer gliding across the sky. I woke up at like 2 a.m. from excitement. I crept out to the living room and saw the presents from Santa and the stockings and was really excited. I went back to bed but obviously was too excited to sleep. I was just waiting for, I was just waiting for there to be enough daylight to wake up my parents. I was staring out the window while lying in my bed when I saw it. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That is. Like, again, it's just so like wild and you can picture it too you know yeah. what i mean like and I, I meant to touch on this earlier but like i feel like they're like when i'm like out on christmas like got like going into like my grandma's house or like, you know what i mean that like okay. that like in between state of like being outside on christmas yeah do you not feel like there's a certain like i don't want to say whimsy but like there's like something to the night of, like, Christmas that makes it kind of, like, I don't even want to say magical, you know what I mean? But, of like, course it's magical. Like, the the timing is magical, yeah. I think. I... Like, it, it feels like... And that's what I mean by, it's like, like the, the expectation for yes. something to happen. But is that because you were raised believing in Santa? But that's what I mean. But that, does that not create... We know that expectation is, like, the root of, like, everything. Sure. You know what I mean? So that, like, expect that anticipation... So, like... Does that provide a doorway? There's a perfect example, right? It's like, do you have a tradition like that you do? Like for me, every time I decorate the tree, I listen, I watch Polar Express. Oh, that's cute. And I cry every time. I don't know why. I have no idea what it is embedded in me. Like, but only Christmas tradition we have is my mom lets me open a Christmas gift on Christmas Eve. That's and just because she's let me do that since I was like a yeah, like as long as I can remember. But other than that, like we don't do the Christmas pajamas. Yeah, we don't do do... do stockings. We do do stockings. Okay, so that's a tradition. Yeah, Yeah. but like Polar Express, there's a lot of things in Polar Express where people believe that that's Christianity, and really the whole time they're talking about God. 
Oh, really? Like, have you ever seen Polar Express? Yeah, kind of. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Well, like, oh, I saw it when it first came like, out. Like, the guy that's on the top uh, of the train. Really like, oh, it's my favorite. The my grandma used to, valley of it all. My, <laughs> my grandma <laughs> used to read Polar Express to me when I was little, because okay. it's a book. Mm-hmm. But the guy that's on the top of the train, mm-hmm. they say that that's supposed to be God. Oh, uh, okay. And because he's like, oh, I'm always riding, and I see everything, and yeah. I can see it. So they say, okay. like, that the movie is depicted around, like, Christians, of course. And Christians will see God anywhere. Oh, <laughs> Please don't cancel us. We're not making fun. No, but they get But it. yeah, you put magic in. I mean, you, you, I made that for myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I, it's just because I know that I'm going to watch it, that it's like, that's Create the magic for me. Magic. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. I yep. fully get that. Yeah. Um, I just, I've just always felt that there's like. That's nice though for you. What? Like that you feel some type of way, like on christmas eve or oh whatever. i've always felt some kind of I like that. and i could i've never been able to like put my finger on what it like, is on it yeah like and that's why i always just chalk it up to like the christmas spirit the magic of the day like but there's something about like christmas eve, like that threshold it's like a good feeling for you though oh it's good i love that it's definitely good but yeah. it's like that it's like the, i'm like expecting something i'm like wait not like obviously there's you know the bounty of christmas morning sure. but it's like it's not that it's like i'm like it's just, like, a good feeling. Yeah. That's nice. It's weird. I like that, though, it's for It's weird. You. It kind of unsettles me a little bit. Because some people, like... Because I'm not used to joy. <laughs> likewise. But some people really hate Christmas yeah. for that reason because they expect something and it never happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I talked about at the beginning of the Krampus episode, um, Christmas really makes me feel close to my dad. So yes. that's why I love... Because he loved... He loved Christmas. That's awesome. Um, so, all right. Next encounter. So this is by Mrs. Wages. Uh, this is in Memphis, Tennessee. It takes place in the 1980s and again in 2009. So she says, I grew up in a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee in the 1980s. I was eight or nine years old. My parents and I were coming home from a Christmas party on Christmas Eve. When we pulled up in the driveway, we saw Santa Claus in a sleigh slow- hovering above our house. All we could hear were sleigh bells. The sleigh was illuminated so that we could see Santa in full outfit in the sleigh. I remember seeing reindeer, but I don't know how many there were. Santa waved at us and flew, and then flew off in the sleigh. I'll never forget it, and I'll never forget my dad's face of total shock. Wow. He was an air traffic controller at the time, and when he went back to work after the holidays, he asked about it, and nothing came up. In another bizarre twist, on Black Friday in 2009, I was waiting in line at a local Target store and broke and broke out into conversation with another lady in line. We were talking about Christmas shopping, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she mentioned that her brother had seen Santa Claus in his sleigh just two years before. I stood with my mouth wide open because I couldn't believe it. Every Christmas Eve, I still think about him and look outside to try to get a glimpse. Wow. Even as an adult. And, like, and you can just totally, like, picture that. Being in the, she's in the back seat of her parents' car. Her parents are just flabbergasted in the front seat, and they're just looking up at Santa hovering above their house. Wow. And when I said, like, I, I just, I think I did four of these. There are, like, I had to, like, I had, like, stop I had to yourself. stop myself. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you can just, like, keep go. I found Reddit, like, threads where they would, like, hey, I found this really interesting, like, thread. And they would link a previous thread where, like, you could just, like, keep going back. And each one had more people in the comments wow. being, like, wild story. Here's my story. Wild story. Here's my sister's story that she tells all the time. Like, there are, so and, like, most of these, like I said, it's kind of, like, I was six or seven years old. I woke up. I heard something. There was this one, and I don't think I told it. Um, actually, yeah, no, I don't think I did tell it. Um, but there was this one where this girl, like, wakes up, and she goes out into the living room, and she sees, like, her parents just, like, going about, like, their, like, normal evening. And okay. then standing in the middle of the living room is Santa. And the parents don't see it. Don't. They're not even, they're, like, completely unaware. Wow. 
Wow. And then, so she, like, she, like, asks her parents, like, the next morning, and her mom, like, rationalized it as, like, oh, that was, like, just your dad messing with you. And she was like, no, I could see dad sitting in the chair. And then there was Santa. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Right? Ooh. Again, the pure belief of a child, maybe? True. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so then I think this is my last one. Yeah, this is my last story. And this one is by Claxton Kalmbach. Uh, <laughs> and this is in New York in 2002 and 2004. Claxton. Claxton. All right, so it was Christmas Eve of 2002 in New York, New York City. My parents had invited some friends and relatives over for dinner, sort of like a Christmas Eve celebration. After that, I decided to go to my room to watch some television, but there was nothing good to watch. I then found, my, found myself packing... Pacing back and forth in the hallway. My house is big, so there was no one with me. Everyone was in the living room watching a movie I was not interested in. About seven minutes into my pacing, I saw a tall, fat figure scurry about 20 feet away from me. It was crouched down, too. It was even wearing some sort of Santa Claus suit. I didn't believe in Santa, but this just really freaked me out. There was a strange man in my house. Oh, I quickly ran to where my parents were and told them all about it. They grinned at me and jokingly said, maybe it was Santa Claus. I didn't believe that, so I just sat down in the living room with my family and everybody else and enjoyed the party. What? <laughs> and, like, I, like, if my parents had that reaction, I'd kind of be like, okay, you're messing with me. Right. And this is, like, a party, so maybe one of their friends, like, True. Then it occurred again on Christmas Eve 2004. I remember it more vividly than the last one. I was lying on the couch in the living room. My parents were in the kitchen having a conversation about a business blog. Suddenly I saw a huge man, about seven or eight feet tall, crawl underneath the tree and just vanish. What? Before he disappeared, he turned around and looked at me, raised a finger to his lips, and... Ew. (laughs) Oh, I gotta hate it. Very strange. That is. Eight feet tall. And he just, like... Crawls. Dissipates under your Christmas tree. No, thank you. But before, he's, like, giving you a little, like, don't tell anybody. Isn't that one creepy? I hate that. that. Yeah. Isn't that fun? That's a lot. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot. That was a lot. But isn't that crazy? I... So Santa's real. Okay. I believe you. Well, don't say that, because belief is... (laughs) (laughs) I believe you. I just did... I'm not a Santa person, just because I wasn't right. I mean... Like the the ruddy cheeks, the fat belly. Well, yeah, and it's also like, you know... How I grew up, like, my parents were extremely hardworking people, mm. and they needed recognition for, like, uh, uh, what they did. I've heard did. that before, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that before. And my mom will still write, like, come from Santa. This to came from Santa, me. but she'll also write from mom, from yeah. dad. Like, they deserve recognition, yeah. and I think this day and age, it's extremely disheartening to, and everybody's allowed to teach their own kids, it's just my opinion, but it's like, why do they need to think some weird, rando guy... You see on the Disney Channel, mm-hmm. <laughs> like brought them gifts. I like, don't like the like, the like using Santa as like leverage. Or, yes, like, you know what I mean. Like, or the be fe- good. The fear mongering of Santa. Oh That's the only aspect that the I whole don't like, like Elf on a Shelf thing freaks oh, me out. Oh my god! Out. Yeah, my um, uh, one of my really good friends, her husband hates the Elf on the Shelf because he's like, why are we teaching our kids to grow up in a surveillance state? Like, also, like, and it's like if that's what it takes for your kids to be good only during December, like. What? Yeah, shouldn't you be raising your child that like they're gonna do the good, they're gonna make the right decision and it's the, the so better much when nobody's watching? Right. Like, it's so much responsibility. It's a lot, but I um, like that one. But that makes perfect sense, actually. Like also with the paganism, and it makes you, it it makes you wonder which came first. Well, and also like 
we're, let's just take a, a wild leap in, and we're just going to say Odin's real, right? He's just this godly figure. Yeah. And as people are changing, like, does he have to make this, like, it's like a PR move. Like, did he have to pivot, and now he's Santa? You know what I mean? To get more people. To, to, to have, have that belief, yep. to have, to get that, like, fet, to get that power, you know what I mean? getting what he wants. That quote-unquote power. Yeah. That attention. It's wild. Isn't that crazy? It's so fun to think about. I like that, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. That it was a good one. I'm just patting myself on the back. Saying I like it was a good that one. one, though. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, that was my that was my Christmas episode. That was a good Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. I like that one. A semi charmed kind of Christmas. A semi charmed kind of Christmas. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Please remember to like, comment. Hope you're having a good holiday. Yeah, we hope you're having a Merry Christmas. Send us your Santa sighting. Yes, please. If you have any, I want to to hear all about them. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Bye, guys. A Semi-Charmed Kind of Podcast is hosted by Ashley Williams and Kyle Yugis. Music credits by Chauncey Fortune and art by Decay Decor. Keep listening and keep it cryptid. Yeah.